listening to a podcast by Real Church and Pastor Noah Fritchie in Murfreesboro, Illinois. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this message inspires you and builds your faith. Enjoy, and God bless. I just want to bring you something today that I really think can draw you closer to the Lord. In fact, I, the, one of the number one most asked questions that I get, I was telling you about, is this whole idea is, how do I hear the voice of God? How do I know that God is speaking to me? Some of you, you might say, well, it feels like, sometimes I feel like God is speaking, but then I don't know if it's God speaking or if it's me in my thoughts. Some of us, uh, we're like, well, I don't know if it's God. Some of us feel like, I don't know if that was God or the devil, you know, like, who, I don't know what it is. Uh, others of us were just like, was, was that God or was it the pizza I ate last night? You know what I'm talking about? Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but how can I identify? How do I know what the Bible says? How do I know that God is speaking to me? Here's the most awesome thing that we know in scripture. It's the fact that we have a speaking God, everybody. We have a God who is not silent. In fact, the notion in kind of the modern Christian church of this idea that God is no longer speaking is just simply not true. God has spoken. He's spoken throughout time. He still speaks to people today, everybody. He still is able to speak to you today. In fact, it's cover to cover in scripture. God is speaking all the time. The third verse of the Bible says, and God said. And that's how, in fact, the entire story of creation goes that way. And God said, let there be there it was, whatever that thing was, it, it, it was there. Not only was it there at the beginning of Scripture, but the Bible ends in the book of Revelations with God speaking to the church seven different times. So we serve a speaking God, everybody. He, he still speaks, but a lot of the times we feel like it's hard to understand. And honestly, most people really don't know what the voice of God is like. And so if you don't know what the voice of God is like, it's hard for you to hear from him. So what I want to do is I want to use this verse uh, from John chapter 10. Uh, John chapter 10, verse 3. This is really going to be our theme verse, and I want to bring it to you through this series. It says this, it says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to him, and the sheep listen to his voice. This is Jesus talking here. Jesus is talking in a parable. And he's just using something that they would have known in that day. And, and, and to try to illustrate a biblical truth here. And so Jesus essentially before this he calls himself the shepherd. And that his church essentially is the sheep. And so he uses this metaphor that when the gatekeeper opens the, opens the gate for him. And the sheep will listen to his voice. What, what he's saying here is that what, what sheep have the ability, the unique ability to do, they have the ability to hear their shepherd. In fact, un unfortunately, a lot of us probably haven't been around a shepherd and a sheep, uh, but this would have been totally in their context back in the day. And what Jesus is really trying to show us is this idea that uh, if you would have grown up around these guys, you would have really understood this, that uh, when there was, say, let, let me give you a scenario. Say there's, there's two flocks of sheep, there's two shepherds, and say they, they come to a cross, and kind of the sheep mingle up, right? And so you don't know who's, who's who. What the shepherd would do 
is the shepherd would just give his sound or his holler, or, you know, what, whether it was whoa or you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what they used to do, but he would, he would give his voice. And when he would give his voice, even if the two flocks were mingled up, the, his flock would separate from the other flock because those, that, those sheep knew his voice and they knew to follow their shepherd. That's why Jesus uses this as a metaphor. And he goes on to say he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And it says when, it says when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. This is the dynamic. I bring you this scripture because this is the dynamic that I want you to have with God. I think it's a dynamic that you need to have in your life where God goes ahead of you, where he can go ahead of you and you know his voice. So before you go to work tomorrow, before you answer that text message, before you go back to school, before you like that post or whatever it is, I would just love for you to hear God's voice first. Because I think that if you would just seek after the voice of God first, you can begin to make some better decisions in your life. And so this verse, let, let's take a look. We'll, we'll, we'll go on with this verse. This verse goes on to say, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, these sheep would actually run away from a voice that wasn't the voice of the shepherd. So they never follow a stranger because they, did, they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And so what I want to help you do today is I want to help you see and hear God's voice. I want you to know God's voice. And I want you to be able to distinguish what a stranger's voice sounds like. So that when you have, when you hear that voice, you run away from that stranger, you run away from that stranger's voice. And I, I really help, I, I really want you to, I really want to help you today distinguish that voice of God because when you can distinguish the voice of God in the middle of the chaos and the noise of this world, I really think that's when you begin to know what God's will is for your life. And I know for some of you, for some of you, you really, I, like you really need this because it's critical for you. Some of you, you're in the middle of making some uh, life-altering decisions. You've got some decisions to make, and you just need to hear the voice of God in your life. And so I want to help you with that, and I just want you to know that God is weighing in on it. He absolutely is. He is speaking, and I really believe that God is going to speak to us, even just through these 21 days, as we pray, and some of us will fast and seek His face. I really think that we can begin to hear the voice of God. And so, um, here's, here's my hope for you as we, as we jump into the content of this message is I really want this dynamic in Proverbs verse 3, and I brought it to you in the message version today just because I thought it was just a beautiful picture of, of what I would love for you to grasp today is this idea that if you would just listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go, that he's the one that'll keep you on track. And some of us, we've just gotten off track just because we've stopped listening to what God has to say for us. So li quite literally, like I said, before you take that appointment, before you answer that text message, before you do anything, what if you would listen to the voice of God and say, God, what, what, what do you say about this? And so I want to bring you this scripture. Jesus makes a really bold statement. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to really be focusing on Luke chapter 8 today. In Luke chapter 8... Jesus makes this statement, and 
this thought came to me right off the bat. When he makes, in fact, as I was just preparing for this message this morning in my office, I had this thought. And I, I'd write, I think it's so good, I'd write it down, everybody. <laughs> I put it in my notes. But here, here's, what, here's what I thought. God doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a hearing problem. And I think this message really sums up. It, it, it's as simple as that. That God is speaking, but most of us don't have ears to hear. Let me show you what I mean. Literally, Jesus says that in Luke chapter 8, verse 8. He says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Like if you could just tune in. If you could just cut through the noise of this world. If you could just cut through the noise of the things going on around you you would realize that God doesn't have a speaking problem, that, but instead we have a hearing problem. We just can't hear him. And this verse is very important. I bring you this verse first, and we're, gonna, we're actually going to back up in Luke chapter 8 and start from the beginning. But this verse, you, we'll, we'll, we'll see this verse again. And today, what I want to do, honestly, the message that I'm bringing you today is not really any of my thoughts. This message is just an outline of a parable that Jesus gives us. And so I'm just giving you a little bit of an outline um, and, and some talking points for you to write down today. But I want to read this story to you. And then what we're going to do is we're going to break this down uh, verse by verse. And so let's take a look at this story uh, from Luke 8 verse 5. Let's take a look. It says, a farmer went out. This is Jesus giving this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it. Some fell on the rocky ground. And when that seed came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants out. Still other seed fell on good soil. And it came up. And yielded a crop a hundred times more than that which was sown. When he said this, so when Jesus said this, he calls out. This is where we get, this is where we get the verse we just read, everybody. Verse 8. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So, God is speaking. But sometimes, it's not landing in the right place. He's speaking, but it doesn't land in the right place. So he goes on in the following verses, and honest, Jesus doesn't do this all this much when it comes to parables. Um, he kind of lets the people, the crowd, kind of figure it out. But in this one, Jesus actually gives an explanation in the following verses on what this parable is all about. And I thank God he does, because I think it really gives us some real insight to what he was talking about. Look at Luke 8, chapter 11. We're going to jump to 11. It says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed... Is the word of God. The seed essentially is the voice of God. It's the word of God. To which some would say, and especially in our modern context, we read this as this is the Bible. However, when Jesus was saying this, the Bible wasn't around back then. Now they had they had some version of it. Of course, there wasn't any of the New Testament because the New Testament is quite literally being wrote during this time. So the word of God that Jesus is talking about here is God's spoken words. And Jesus was saying to his people, and he really says that the problem is, that the problem isn't that there's not a speaking God. It's on the receiving end. 
It depends on what our heart looks like, essentially. And that's what we're going to jump into, is that we've all got these different soils. In fact, Jesus gives us four different scenarios. And you're one of them. Today, you fall into one of these four categories. And I just want you to recognize that. So don't just be thinking about this for your neighbor, or I'm going to send this to so-and-so this week. Like, you are in one of these four. And so I want you to take, take, an, uh, take a look at this. And I just want to encourage us to just get our hearts ready for when, so that we can have ears to hear, as Jesus says. Let's look at the first one. This is in verse 12 now. It says, those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes. Uh-oh. They hear, they know what it is, but then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. This one here, every time essentially God tries to speak to you, the devil comes and tries to throw something else in the mix. The devil, every time, and I'm living proof of it, everybody, that every time God tries to speak, the devil wants to come and, and throw something in your life so that you don't receive what God has for you. In fact, this first one, if you're taking notes with us this morning, I've just simply called it the polluted heart. The polluted heart. This idea that God is trying to speak, but we've got some junk in our hearts. And I don't want that to, I don't want that to offend you this morning, but it, 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 because honestly... This happens to me all the time. I, I mean, this is, this, is, this is probably, honestly, the point that hits home for me the most. Is this idea that I know God is speaking, but my heart is polluted. My heart is just polluted. And so I just want to say today that I'm not here to point the finger at you. I'm not here to, be, to yell at you or be one of those preachers that... Yeah. Listen, everybody, I don't got it all going on. I really wish I did, but I don't. I mean, I'm just, I, I, I don't. And you're not, so you're not going to hear that here. You're not going to hear me say I'm perfect and I got it all. It, that's, I don't have it all together, everybody. But I will say this, and I'm just, this message is just kind of very on. I'm just going to be very honest with you this morning. That the enemy tries nonstop to throw things in our life that would just pollute us. He wants to pollute our hearts so that we can't hear from God. So it really doesn't matter what God is saying. The pollution, some of us, the pollution in our heart is so much that we just, we, we, there's no way we can hear from God. And the pollution, I, I think the pollution is coming in one of two different forms, and this is not in your notes, but I think the first pollution when I was really thinking about this is this idea that a lot of us, we just pollute our own hearts, because we're not disciplined, because of the choices that we make, because of the sins that we commit, a lot of us, our polluted heart is solely on us. Because we all sin, but some of us, we have some, <laughs> I, I, I heard somebody call it one time, we've got some pet sins. We've got some things in our life that we know they're not right, but we keep them close. And they're just kind of a pet to us. And that's this idea that a lot of us, some of us, we're carrying around this unrepented sin. And it's polluting our heart. Some of us, there's been some things that have happened to us so long ago that we have still kept that bitterness in our heart. And we've kept that envy in our heart. And now, in, instead of being able to hear from God, our heart is polluted by the shame and the guilt that we continue to carry around. 
And we've got this polluted heart. It's still in your heart. And it creates this pollution. Now the second, now you might be, so you might be polluting your own heart. But the second version of this, I also wanted to speak to the people who maybe you didn't do it yourself. But people did it to you. This idea that, again, can I just, I'll just be completely transparent with you today. Every time that I try to draw close to God, it's like, and this is just for me, I don't know, I, maybe you can, I, I share this just in hopes that you can relate for, to this, but every time that I try to draw close to God, it is like the devil tries to stir up every relationship that I have in my life. I mean, he tries to make me fight with my wife, he tries to make me fight with my family, fight with my friends. I mean, it's just, he tries to stir up everyone close to me. And, and, and what, what I was really realizing even just this week is, is that the problem is, is that if you relate to that, there's that person, that problem between that person and you is very important. You see, it's not about you, just you and that person. It's the devil's attempt to get you your heart polluted so that you can't hear from God. And he's using that and he wants, he wants to use it because it'll really mess you up. In fact, one time, a couple years ago, um, I was sitting in a meeting and somebody just, just right across the table, somebody just said something really critical to me, just right, just right in my face. They were telling me, in fact, they were telling me something based on a rumor that was totally not true. And I knew that that very thing, that it was not true. And, and here's what happened. In that meeting, I didn't really say anything because honestly, I'm not that type of person. I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Like I just try to be like, okay, that's all right. But afterwards, I really didn't recognize how much that comment really hurt me. Like, I mean, it got all up in my grill, everybody. Like I, 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 got, I got really upset with it. And I, I, y'all ever, y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, yeah, I just got so frustrated and angry with it. And so I get to my time of prayer and devotion in the morning, you know, holy me. <laughs> I go to, my, go to my chair and turn on my music and you know, I'm, just, I'm just ready to, to speak to the Lord. And just a few seconds in getting ready for some time of prayer and devotion, I start thinking about that thought. And I'm thinking about what they said, and then I'm defensive about it, and oh, it's not even true anyway, and all this different. I just get aggravated at it, and, and that couple seconds turns into 35 minutes. And I'm stuck going over, I'm, I'm just rehearsing the same thing over and over and over again. And I realized, man, that one Silly comment, everybody, has polluted my heart. It's gotten in the way of me connecting with God. And I just remembered as I was thinking about this story, I, 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 I remembered a verse where Jesus said, well, Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, the, the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, Jesus says this, he says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Jesus essentially said, if you've got anything in your heart towards someone, you need to go resolve that first before you come to me, right? That's in the prayer he taught us to pray. Go settle that and then come back to me. You know why? 
And I'm a firm believer because this happened to me. Because if you don't, it pollutes the conversation between you and God. It's something that stands in the way. And I'm just encouraging you this morning. If you've got something in your heart against somebody else, do what you can to take care of that very thing. And watch how much clearer the voice of God can be when you get that pollution out of your heart. You see, some of us, you're, you're saying, oh, well, why? even if I get the pollution out of my heart, God, no, God never speaks to me. He, he never speaks to me. Well, I think, I, I just so happen to believe it's because you've got some stuff in your heart that you've got to deal with first. In fact, look at what James chapter 1 verse 21 says. It says, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts. For it is strong enough to save your soul. In fact, one word that I think in our Christian world that has really lost its meaning today in fact, I think this word is one of the most negative church words that a lot of people hear. To me, it's actually a very positive word. It's actually one of the most hope-filled words in the Bible. It's just simply the word repent. And when I say repent, you know, it, a lot of it might bring up a bunch of different emotions for you. But I'm not talking about that, oh, you dirty scumbag sinner, you repent. That's not the version. That's honestly not the word. If you get to the root word, you really understand what the word repent means. Repent just simply means to turn. Meaning that, okay, I was heading in this direction. And when I repent, I turn around. I start heading in a different direction. And I know it's, I, 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 I know it's one of the, a, a negative church word. But for some of you, that's simply what you need. To get out of this polluted heart status, you need to repent. In fact, I'll just say it like this so you can write it down. We can never begin a new life until we turn from our old. You've got to decide, I want to hear the voice of God. I'm going to turn and I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to choose to repent. All right, I've got to get moving. <laughs> Here's the second type. Uh, so may, maybe the first time didn't speak to you, but I promise one of these soil conditions, this is where you are. Eight, Luke chapter 8 verse 13 says this. It says, the rocky soil represents those who hear the message with joy. But like young plants in such soil, their roots, their roots don't go very deep. They believe for a while, but they actually begin to wilt when the hot winds of testing begin to blow. That's because the reason, and just to break this down because I'm running out of time, but the reason here is this idea that something else competed with the growth of this plant. And like, I, I don't know if you've ever been here before, but uh, like we, we went down to Motion Conference and all this different stuff, and it's like, man, this is the best message I've ever heard in my life. You know, you ever, you ever have one? Of, I, I know y'all have that every Sunday. I don't have to worry. No, I, <laughs> I just kidding. Uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, sometimes we hear a message and it's just like, man, that was for me. And, and this, is, this was just so great. And, and yeah, I, I want to go home and, and change my life. And that's the best message I've ever heard. But some of you, I mean, it, as soon as you step outside of these doors today, something else begins to compete with the word of God. Something else begins to compete with what God spoke to you. It's like you never even heard what you heard because... You're distracted. 
So many of us, we don't hear the voice of God because we're distracted. And distractions, I'm not just talking about bad distractions, because you can name a bunch of bad distractions, but there's even good distractions in your life, everybody. Like there, there, are, there, there are good and bad distractions. And for a lot of us, we're just not hearing from God simply because we're distracted. Honestly, we're not hearing from God because most of us, instead of taking time to try to hear from God, we're hearing from somebody else. We're listening to what our friends have to say. We're listening to what so-and-so has to say. And we value their opinion and we're distracted. It's like this idea, it's like if you would try to talk, imagine a busy mall for me. I know that's hard to picture around here, but imagine, (laughs) sorry, I went to the mall the other day and I was highly disappointed. Like three stores left, you know, like I just need a button up, you know, but anyway, (laughs) I go on all day. But imagine, you know, with me, the mall is crowded and everything is very busy. And imagine trying to talk to somebody at the other end of the mall. Be near impossible, right? Because there's just so much going on in between you and that person. The reason you can't talk to them is because you're distracted by everything else going on. What did you say? You know, that whole life. Picture that. And that's, honestly, I think that's how God looks down at our life. He looks down and it's, you've got, some of you, you book yourself, (laughs) I mean, from... From the moment you wake up, from the moment that you go to sleep, you, your schedule is booked. And I'm just, I, I'm just saying that that is, and I, I go a whole message on this, but it's not a healthy lifestyle. I mean, some of us, we just, we go to, we, we go home and immediately just go to bed. There's just, there's, there's no peace there. There's, we're, we're distracted. And I think God looks down at our life and sees that there's so much going on. There's not even a moment for him to speak. I told you I was going to be vulnerable in this message, so here we go. You know what that is, that that the very distraction is for me? That thing is my smartphone, everybody. Because immediately when I wake up, I mean, my my smartphone sits under my pillow at night. It's not a healthy, I don't have a healthy relationship with it, everybody. I mean, it's, it's right there. And honestly, just because I'm your pastor and stuff, I'm, on, I'm honestly always paranoid that something major is going to go down in the middle of the night. I'm going to miss a phone call and I'm not going to be there. And whatever. But my phone is a major, major distraction for me. And I'll even just put it in this context to where when I, when I do my devotional and stuff in the morning, I was using my phone, you know, to go to Spotify, play some worship music, you know, a great, great thing. However, on my way to Spotify, you know, there's five unread text messages. And there's like eight Facebook notifications. And there's all this, and I'm just like, well, you know, Lord, before I, you know, before I pray or, or you know, get into the word or whatever, I, I just got, I've just got to see those notifications. And I'm just going to confess my sins before you, everybody. And because I, I, somebody said it like this one time, confession is good for the soul, but bad for the reputation, everybody. So I'm not, I'm not here just to get a good reputation, but I, I, I just, so I mean, I honestly, I've, I've like, God, you're just going to have to wait because I've got some text messages and I've just got to make sure I got to see what they're saying about me on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Like I just, I, and then I'm like, well, I'm just going to look for a second. Right. And, and then an hour later. Here we are, and I'm stuck. 
And so everybody, I got this new thing. I want to pass it along to you. I, I just, and, and this is what I'm doing for 21 days. I am not doing technology until I absolutely have to. I, I am not going digital until I have my time with God. And so if you text me in the morning and I don't get back to you, I, I, I'm, I'm busy, everybody. And so I, 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 in fact, I've got different ways of getting music. You know, I'm going to, there's a lot less notifications on my TV. So I'm just going to turn my TV on, on Spotify. I got Spotify on my TV, turn that on. And you know what? Not, not only that, but I got this thing. It's, it's, it's incredible. And some of you really just going to life, like life changing here. This thing called a paper Bible, everybody. And, I, and I'm not, and I know you're laughing, but I'm not kidding that like you can touch it. You can feel it. You can even smell it, everybody. Like, your Bible has a smell. I love the smell, you know? <laughs> like, it, it, it's, it's a lot. You can flip it with your hand. I, and I'm very serious. I've just gone old school. And can I just, And you're grateful for it. Trust me. You're grateful for that very thing. And so I'm just saying that I, I, I honestly think that all of hell is trying to keep us from God. No matter what it is. For me, it's my smartphone. Just to be totally transparent with you. So if I, don't get, if I don't comment on your post or like your post on Facebook this next 21 days, you know what's going on. But I'm just telling you that, that everything in our life, and maybe that's not for you, but there's something in your life that is competing for that spot. And it's a distraction. And this one, it, it just, this one speaks to me. In fact, there's a story that I think really shows this very clearly. A really short story. Jesus goes to this, uh, to these, to this woman's house and has dinner uh, at this house. There, there's two sisters at this house. Jesus is in the same house, having the same exact experience with both of them, but they both have totally different experiences because one of them has ears to hear and the other doesn't. Take a look. The story is in Luke chapter uh, it's not in chapter 110. It's in chapter 10, everybody. But in chapter 10, verse 39, it says this. And it says, And she had a sister named Mary. So they're both at this house. Jesus is eating dinner with them. Mary seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. But Martha, and I love, I brought you the amplified version because I love how it says it. But Martha, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. And can I tell you, it is so easy, even for me as your pastor, it is so easy for me to get distracted. And I'm telling you, remember, there's good and bad distractions. I get, distraction, I get distracted by the Lord's work, everybody. And it's so easy to get caught up in those very things. Mar, that, that's exactly what happened to Martha here. Martha was caught up in serving the Lord instead of spending time with him. And I'm just calling you church. I don't want us just caught up in serving God, but let's spend some genuine quality time with him. And I promise, I promise this in order for you to hear God's voice, you've got to turn down the world's volume. You've got to do it. Number three, Let's look at Luke chapter 8, verse 14. The seed fell among the weeds. That stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they don't mature. You see, this third one is pretty simple. Jesus says it right there. They, they don't mature. Write this down. A lot of us, the reason that we're not hearing God's voice is just because we're immature. We just haven't matured. 
It's the neglected heart. It's the, the, the I'm saved and I come to church and I'm just fine with that place in my Christian walk right now. And God, I, I think God's saying to you, yeah, you're, you're saved, but you need to mature. And can I just call us church that as we go into these 21 days, it's time to mature. It's time to go deeper with our relationship with God. In fact, I'll, I'll, let, let me give you this example. So me and my wife, Emily, we have a conversation every day, right? Me and Emily, we have adult-like conversations. We talk about detailed things. We talk about finances and our schedules and, and our relationship. And we're working on all those things. We, have, we talk, it's sophisticated, everybody. We're, because we're two mature adults. However, have you ever tried to just talk to like a baby or a toddler? What do you have to do? I mean, if I talk to a baby most of the time, hey, hey, right here, or you, I'm like, <laughs> most of the time when I'm talking to those little kids, focus, focus, like VBS, you missed it, everybody. Hey, up here, just five seconds, you know. Now, hey, I have the ability to communicate better than that, but the baby can't receive it or the toddler or the kid can't receive it because they're immature. And I just, I just saw this picture this week, this idea that God is speaking and he has sophisticated stuff to tell you. But so many of us aren't mature enough to get it. And so and I, again, personal experience, I've been there. Sometimes God has to literally, hey Noah! And he has to do that. And, and it's, I'm like, man, God, I wish I was so much more sophisticated. I wish you didn't have to clap in my face like that, God. But sometimes, I mean, sometimes that's just where we're at. And my hope is, is that I could lead you through some times of sophistication. <laughs> that while we go through these 21 days of prayer, that you would begin to mature a little bit. So that God could just speak a little bit more to you. In fact, here's the point. So many of you, maybe you're in this room and you're just dissatisfied with the level of communication that you have with God. Well, God, well, maybe it's on you to grow up a little bit. Maybe it's on you to say, you know what? I need to, I need to really commit and go deeper in this season. You know, maybe, maybe you're saying, well, I, I've heard a lot of people, well, I, I really want to do this 21 days of prayer, but man, you just got to get up so early, like six, six o'clock in the morning. And you know what? I, I, even, I felt that way as well, everybody. I'm like, six o'clock. But you know what? I've just I've decided, you know what? That's what mature people do. Is it fun? I, 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 you know, I don't like it a bit. I'm not a morning person. I'll just be completely honest with you. I don't like anything about the morning. I don't want to get, like, not only about... <laughs> about the morning but honestly it's like then I gotta get up and take a shower and you know be all nice to people and you know, whatever you know like oh, like, oh we, we hopefully want to want to make this but but guess what everybody it takes discipline day after day in fact here's what will happen a bunch of y'all will come tomorrow and you'll show up it'll be great and then slowly attendance will just kind of slide down and you know what it, it's just a maturity issue and God wants to give you sophisticated adult conversation, but it's on us to grow up a little bit, everybody. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. 
says, since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down. That's what I want you to do today. I want you to get rid of those things that slow you down, especially the sin that is distracting us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. We must focus on Jesus. You know, when's the last time that you really took a season to focus on Jesus? When's the last time that you said, you know what, I'm just going to take this next season and mature a little bit. And can I encourage you? It doesn't, I've talked a lot about 21 days of prayer. There's a lot of things that you can do to mature today. It's not just in prayer. It's not just in 21 days of prayer. I think better yet, you can mature in a small group. In fact, what I love about this passage, and I just want to show it to you real quick. I just highlighted all the places where you're kind of in a group doing things, right? You're we, we, us, us. You, you're, you're not called to do this alone. We, us, we. I mean, it, it's, it's all over scripture too. In other words, I, I just want to tell you that 21 days of prayer isn't the end. It's just, it's the beginning. And you can start a maturity process. And I would just encourage you to get in a group somewhere. Because when you get yourself in an environment where somebody knows who you really are, where when you're upset, people know what's really wrong. And when, I, I'm telling you, when you get there, let me tell you, when you begin to mature in that way, God is, you're going to start to mature and change and God will begin to speak to you. And I'm just so thrilled. In fact, I, I can't hardly wait. I mean, a few weeks from today, we start our new small group semester. And that I, I've got the dates for you here, but, um, and I'll give them to you in just a minute. But if you've never been in a small group, I'd encourage you to jump in a small group. Some of you, I'm challenging you today that you've, you've been in a small group for the past four or five semesters. And it's your time to step up and lead one of those bad boys, all right? Like it's time for you to, it, it's time for you to take a hold and mature a little bit. Put yourself out there in that position. Grow up a little bit. In fact, let me just be very honest with you. I'll kind of end this section with this. Is that maturity comes when we stop making excuses and start making change. Let's stop making excuses, church. And I'm just encouraging you to take this fall season and get involved and grow up and mature a little bit. Here's the last one. Don't want to go over on our time together. Luke chapter 8, verse 15. But the seed on good soil, and this is my, this is my hope and prayer for you, is that every one of us would be here, stands for those who, with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering and producing a crop. Here's the fourth one for you today. It's just simply the prepared heart. You know, the reason we do these seasons of prayer, the reason we, I lead you to these seasons is to just prepare you. In fact, I just heard God, just this morning, I just heard God say, if you would just tell them to get their hearts prepared. I, I'm, I'm, they can hear me clearly. If you can just get your heart prepared. Three words that I want to give you real quick. How do I get my heart prepared? Well, I think the first great step is to just repent. Say, God, I'm sorry. Say, God, you know what? I'm going to ch-. remember it. It's not a scary word, everybody. I'm just going to change my direction. I know I was heading in this direction, but I'm ready. I'm just going to turn around. And I'm telling you, God will forgive you. That's what makes him so incredibly awesome. 
He gives you this do-over in life. He, he wants to, his desire, he, he would love, love, love to do this for you. Here's the second one. Would you just refocus on him? Maybe for you, I mean, it, it can be something as simple as just going to bed a little bit earlier. It could be something as simple as just renewing that morning commitment with him. It can be something as simple as just reading your Bible. And by the way, if you haven't, if you haven't been reading scripture in a while, don't, don't sweat it. Just start now. Start tomorrow. I had a conversation, had a few conversations as well, because I, I love to read the one-year Bible, and, and I, I do this personally too, but someone was telling me, well, I love the one-year Bible, but I get so, I'm, I'm back in April. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, leave April behind. You know, just come up with us, everybody. <laughs> you know, like just, 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 just read, just start somewhere. Just read God's word. And I promise you, when you do, when you do, do those two things, I'm, I'm telling you, God will revive your heart. And would you just pray? I mean, we're just, we're just going to pray. I know revival is old churchy word, but I'm just telling we're that's what we're praying for in these 21 days for our church as well, that God would just begin to revive you. And for you, that might just be a, a simple prayer. Like, God, I just want to fall in love with you again. It's as simple as that. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. It says, let us make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit in holy temples for the worship of God. Can I just... As we end this morning, I just want to share a story. I just love to share a story with you. I preach this message. It's a personal message for me because it was a season like this where I prepared my heart just three years ago, this a summer three years ago, that resulted in this church. I'm telling you, I, I just I just remember that season of prayer, and honestly, it wasn't just that. I mean. It was, and for some of you, this might be your case. It was a season of depression that really led me into a season of prayer. But when I sought God, when I got my heart right, when I eliminated some distractions in my life, when I did all these things, I'm telling you, one, one summer, very clearly, God gave me this vision of you. And I knew, I knew very clearly that God was going to lead me to a group of people that I had no idea who they were. I know, I, honestly, I had no idea I love you guys as much as I do. I mean, I love you, church. I mean, you're the joy of my life. And I, I, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me outside of meeting Jesus. I mean, it, it, it's the joy of my life to get to serve you. And I'm having the time of my life being your pastor. I really am. And I mean that with all my heart. And I'm just telling you that it was a season. This church is here because of a season of drawing close to God just like this. And I want, I just, I, it's my hope and prayer that God would speak to you as clearly as he spoke to me about this church. And I just, I, I'm just, I just want this for you. In fact, write this down. I just believe that God's voice is the clearest in a prepared environment. It's there just got to prepare our hearts. We've just got to get ready. We've just got to mature. We've got to get rid of some of the distractions. God's trying to speak to us, but we have to prepare the environment. 
Let's pray. Father, today in Jesus' name, Lord, I launch these 21 days of prayer. God, I ask that you would, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, right here in this room, that you would just point some stuff out in our heart. That, God, you would just show us that, oh, that's a distraction. Oh, that I, I, I need to maybe... Lord, would you just, every one, every one of us has a, a different step to take. But Lord, would you speak to us right now? Would you show us that step? God, we pray that these 21 days of prayer would just be powerful. That as we draw close to you, that as we seek your face, that Lord, you would show up in such a real way where we would just, that when you speak to us, we know that it's not a stranger's voice, but we know that it's your voice, Lord. But Lord, today we start that by saying that we commit to preparing our hearts so that we can recognize your voice, so that we can hear from you. Lord, we repent of all the pollution that has been in our hearts, but all the things that we've done and other people have done to us, Lord. We're deciding to change directions today. Anything that, any distraction that gets in the way of us, Lord, Lord, we give those things to you. Lord, we thank you that you're with us. Lord, we thank you that you're a God who wants to be with us. And Lord, it's our desire that as we jump into these 21 days, that we just want to hear from you. Lord, would you speak to us? Lord, we love you. We pray all these things in your name. With your heads bowed, eyes closed. We never end a service without giving you the opportunity to accept Jesus. We've talked about Jesus a whole lot today. Jesus lived on this earth, died on a cross for your sins. Not only did he die, but he rose from the dead so that you can live in freedom. And I want that for you today. And you say, well, Pastor Noah, I really want to hear from God. Your first step is accepting Jesus into your heart, accepting him into your life. You know, the Bible says that when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you can be saved. And so I would love today just to let you in on that process, let you start your relationship with Jesus. If that's you in this room, I'm not going to invite you to come to the front or anything like that. I would just love to know who we're praying for in this room. If that's you, I'm going to give you, on the count of three, would you just boldly lift your hand up and say, Noah, I want to, I want to be included in that prayer, and then I'd love just to pray for you. If that's you in this room, with every head bowed, eyes closed, nobody's looking around, on the count of three, would you just lift your hand? One, two, three, hands lifted. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Church, because we all believe in this, let's all repeat this together. Say this after me. Say, Dear God. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Say this in me and say, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen. Would you give it up for all the people who prayed that prayer today?
to the Real Church Podcast. If you would like to partner with us financially, or you live in the Southern Illinois area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out realchurch.info.